Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, May 23rd, 2022. One of the easiest mistakes to make as you read through the Bible, especially as you read through the Old Testament, is to kind of start looking down on the Israelites. To look at them and say, oh, silly Israelites, when are you going to learn to trust God? And, you know, we have all these benefits of knowing everything ahead of time. We've maybe read through the Bible before. And so when they fail in their faith, uh, you know, we say, oh, the Israelites, they're at it again. Well, we need to remember uh, that these things that were written uh, were written for us. Uh, so that we might be encouraged, but also that we might be warned because we're going to face some of the same temptations the Israelites did. And let him who stands take heed or thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. May we not find ourselves guilty of looking down at the Israelites when we are actually struggling and making some of the same mistakes. Now, what's going to help us see this today is Psalm 78. Psalm 78, a longer psalm, an amazing psalm, a psalm that I hope sticks out to you a bit as we read through this year, and hopefully a psalm that helps make some of the connections between the failures of the Israelites and, frankly, your own failures, and maybe even highlighting some ways that you need to repent. Now, Psalm 78 starts off on a pretty triumphant tone. Give ear, O people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. And so it starts off saying, hey, we're going to tell our children's children and even the children that haven't been born yet, we're going to tell them of the might and the wonders of God. And then as we look at this, you know, we start seeing him uh, talk about what God has done, but then we also start seeing uh, the ways that Israelites fail. For instance, uh, verse 9, the Ephraimites armed with the bow turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them in the sight of their fathers. He performed wonders. And then it goes, you know, it talks about the getting out of Egypt, departing the Red Sea, leading them with the cloud and the fire and giving them water from the rock. All these amazing things that God has done. And then in verse 17, it says, yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the most high in the desert and talks about how they tested God. Uh, So there it's easy for us to read that and be like, silly Israelites. If I had seen the Red Sea part, and if I had drunk water from the rock, if I had seen the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, I would have trusted the Lord. I wouldn't have sinned. I wouldn't have rebelled. Well, not so fast, frankly. 
Uh, We need to stop. We need to guard our hearts because guess what? Have you read about all these things? Uh, The Bible is amazing, but the Bible holds us accountable. You might not have been at the Red Sea. You might not have tasted the water from the rock. You might not have seen the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, but you have read about them. You know about them and you are responsible for knowing those things and acting based on them. But how many times then have you still failed to trust God? How often have you tested God? Like it says here, we need to realize, no, we should not be looking down on the Israelites. If anything, reading more about the Israelites only increases our own accountability. And we see throughout all of this too, how God responds to their lack of faith. We see, and that's where if you go back to the book of Numbers, you remember that um, as well, um, that they have this lack of faith. They didn't believe that God would help them get into the land and drive out the inhabitants of the land. And we see how God responded with righteous wrath in that situation. And we see a lot of that in our reading today. I mean, going towards the end of the chapter, um, verse 59, when God heard he was full of wrath, he was utterly for he, and he utterly rejected Israel. He forsook his dwelling at Shiloh, the tent where he dwelt among mankind. And that's referring to the tabernacle, which would have lived at Shiloh, uh, right? The wrath of God was revealed against this lack of faith. And so that's where, even as you read Psalm 78, frankly, I think it should be a psalm that sobers us. It should be a psalm that sends us to our knees. It should be a psalm that causes us to cry out to God, Oh God, forgive my lack of faith and strengthen my faith. Uh, We should not look down on uh, the Israelites because we need to realize often this psalm condemns us as well. And when we see that lack of faith, when we see ourselves, well, all the, we have all of scripture that we can look at. I mean, and, we, and you have more than the Red Sea and, and the pillar of cloud and fire. You have the cross. You have the empty tomb. We are running out of excuses to not believe God. And on top of that, you have a personal history of all the ways that God has provided for you. So we really need to use this psalm to check our own hearts and to perhaps repent and confess our own lack of faith and our own lack of belief and our own propensity to test God by complaining and not by trusting him. So Psalm 78, it might sting a little bit, but I hope it's that good kind of sting that that there's healing that comes in the wake of that. That as we are convicted by our own lack of faith, in the end, our faith ends up being strengthened and our trust and confidence with God ends up being renewed. Now, also speaking of the example of the Israelites, if we go to 1 Chronicles 5 today and continue reading through these genealogies, uh, don't fall asleep. Even today, note there are some interesting things. It warns us really about Reuben 
and the consequences of his sexual immorality. We also uh, see this example of the in the section on the descendants of, of Gad and really how these today's chapter really focuses on the people that lived on the other side of the Jordan, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh that lived on the other side of the Jordan. And we see in the end, ultimately, they break faith with God. They don't trust him and they go pursue other gods. But one encouraging thing we see is a victory that they have and the victory is attributed that they cried out to God in the battle and he granted their urgent plea because they trusted in him. So there's a positive example that, hey, maybe today you're struggling with something and there's an urgent plea you need to make. Well, trust in God and bring your plea to him. Now let's go to the New Testament today, where we're looking at Matthew 27, 51 through 66, Mark 15, 38 through 47, Luke 23, 47 through 56, and John 19, 31 through 42. And here we see um, several things. We see some things that happen immediately in the wake of the crucifixion of Christ, Uh, probably most notably that the veil is torn. And just think of the book of Hebrews and just some of the ways that it helps explain what that means and the significance of that, right? That this place, the most holy place where the high priest went but once a year, now the veil is torn. Now we have access Uh, to God through Jesus Christ. Uh, So that tearing of the veil is not just a cool, miraculous sign. It really is uh, a statement and a symbol of the access that has been opened to us now through Jesus Christ. And then we also see the response of the centurion who says, truly, this was the son of God. We see that example of faith. But then also we'll read some things in the various Gospels uh, about just the burial of Jesus. And the Gospel of John highlights some ways even that fulfilled prophecy and even uh, how they pierced his side. And a lot of that, uh, why is Christ being buried so important to the gospel? Uh, Well, it's what shows he really died. Jesus died on the cross. And by died, we mean, well, yes, he died. He died. He was really dead. He was buried. And that all sets up, but well, he really rose again. And we'll see that uh, as we continue reading. But there's also what now looks to us uh, almost the comical accounts of the Pharisees seeking to protect the tomb and Pilate saying in Matthew twenty-seven sixty-five, you have a guard of soldiers, go make it as secure as you can. Well, how's that going to work out for them? Not so well. You cannot stop the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It's also interesting to note how the Pharisees even mention how uh, Jesus had said after three days he would rise. So this was this was known, uh, and that's where even I've read some that they look at Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus and even say, "Hey, they were actually by burying Christ, preparing for his resurrection." And that's where I don't know that I'm confident that's absolutely certain it's the case, but I don't think it's impossible because people knew he had said he would rise again. So it's not impossible for these guys who seem to have put their faith in Christ to believe that. Uh, Kind of an interesting thing there, but this sets up what we'll be reading about in the coming days, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He really 
died, and it shows that he was really dead in these accounts of his burial, and that just sets up, well, he really rose from the dead. And just as we consider what we're reading, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's all the more reason for us to trust God. The Israelites had the Red Sea, uh, the wilderness wanderings, and all of God's provision, and we have that too through the scriptures, but we have even more. So I pray that even though today's reading may have been convicting to us, I pray that as we consider all these things, our faith would be strengthened and we would trust God. And so we want to lift our own hearts up to him and ask for him to help us uh, in that process today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.